FM Breakfast Show with your hosts, Lyle and Lawson. Good morning and welcome, everybody. It's great to be back here on Faith FM team with the, with the Double L team. Um, and a special shout out this morning to all of those listening in Margate, Tasmania here on 87.6. Yeah, shout so out. well, well, well anyway? Well, 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 three holes in the ground. Look who it is here on Faith FM spending time with us, you know, uh, after a long time. Where have you been? Nowhere. I haven't been anywhere. You're supposed to say in the kitchen. That that's where <laughs> that's that's where you've officially been. That's what we've told everyone. We said yeah. Lyle is in the kitchen, building the kitchen. That's right. Getting it done. Yes. So he's building the kitchen so that his uh his competent wife can make him food. food. That's right. Yeah. All he can do is build the kitchen, not use the kitchen. No, can't use the kitchen. <laughs> well, I can wash dishes, but I can't cook food. How, how's the progress been going? Obviously, Slowly. you've been away. I've also been on study leave as well, so I've been doing study uh, leave. Okay, so okay. I completed awesome, a awesome. subject while I was away. Nice. Probably spent too much time on that, but, mm-hmm. you know, it was... It's done. It's finished. It's done. It's over, oh, just, well, exams have happened. It's, yep. Uni's done for the semester. All my assignments are submitted, just waiting to hear how, how I went. Amazing. Yeah. So, good things. Mm. So what are you thankful for this morning? Uh, last night I was hanging out with a bunch of really sad Japanese people uh, because they oh, lost their no. World Cup game against Costa Rica oh, no. after beating Germany, which was like the upset of the World Cup. They lost to Costa Rica 1-0 and it was just You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. The double L team, Lyle and Lawson. It is time for us to jump into the quiz, and Lawson's going to bring you the first question for it. All right, first question for the quiz. Fill in the blank. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be blank. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. If you do, you'll go into the draw to win our prize for this week, the Miracles and Pitfalls board game. Okay, so you're on this board. You're making your way around. There's miracles. There's pitfalls. There's all there's all kinds of things that can happen. Uh, to get your basically to make your way around the board, we've essentially been preparing you for this for the last five years because it's yes, we have. We we definitely have. That's that's what Facebook is all about. All this, about because this is a trivia game. Yes. And you have been faithfully playing the quiz every single day. You- so if you are a Faith FM quiz player, you need to win this game and then invite all of your friends over so you can just win and so win you can and win. Beat so you them. can smash them. That's right. Just crush them. Okay, yeah, 100%. That's kind of Might not want to crush, you know, yeah, you still no, want relationships with these not. people afterwards, but you definitely want to assert dominance. <laughs> so 0491-064-669. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be blank. That's our first question for the quiz today. Fantastic. There mm-hmm. you go. All right, let's have some positively different news this morning. Okay, so positively different news. i got some cool news stories here. Before I get into these news stories, can I just encourage everyone we actually heard in the seven o'clock news that played before they were talking about water safety and you know not drowning which is a good thing don't do that always a positive thing not to drown but i also want to encourage you to go swimming yes i absolutely i went swimming yesterday dude me too well like well i was doing laps of the pool 
But can I say that if you are looking for, you know, a physical activity to do that is low impact, that is fun and whatnot, go and jump in the pool. And in fact, like, jump in the pool with a few people because for the most part, I've been doing lots of swimming training just by myself. But yesterday I took my friend along. Uh, he's, he, he, he can't really swim very well like he's a very very beginner swimmer so we did some learn to swim together i was teaching him is about- he from is he australian no he's no, not yeah, I was, so I was, so if he's australian then he knows how to swim that's yeah right. that's right i was teaching him you know keeping your hips up keeping those feet splashing the breathing we were just going through it and then uh afterwards we we just put in a small k but yeah it was it was awesome i'm just encouraging all of you Get in the pool, learn how to swim, and just like we were promoting last week with the quiz, we we're giving away books on health, and so I'm like, whoever wins this, I'll come and personally run with you at some point. I, 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 if if you want to learn how to swim, and if if the situation works out that I'm in your vicinity, I'll teach you how to swim. If you don't know how to swim, I'll I'll hook you up with some swimming lessons. There you go. If you didn't know, I was the boys' champion in my school when I was twelve. So there you go. Like <laughs> it was like year six, year six boys' champion. This so, is Lawson. So, always competitive. So so look, you can get some professional high level swimming lessons from myself. But uh, <laughs> I can teach you how to splash around and stay afloat. Epic. Yes. Well, that's like the first and, and step. And move in a direction, mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. a general direction. But do you want to become an athlete? No. Come to me. Well, <laughs> you know, but maybe there's <laughs> listeners who do. 0491 Hey, but hey, let's have a look at some positively different news this morning. All right, Lyle. Yes. Imagine you live life. Mm. You know, you do lots of things. You leave a legacy, which is something I believe you're doing now, Lyle. You, you do lots of preaching, speaking on Faith FM. You have kids that may have kids, so you've definitely left a lineage. Yes. And, and some type of legacy. Then imagine in a couple hundred years' time, maybe a couple thousand years' time, everyone thought that you didn't actually exist and your existence was fake and made up. How would you feel? In two hundred years from now, I kind of wouldn't care. You would. You just, you're just like, just like whatever. don't really mind. My, well, my influence has been, has exerted itself while I'm alive, and if people choose to f- decide that I never lived afterwards, well, it's too late. They can choose that. My influence has already been here and done its thing. Well, fair enough. I guess you're not as proud as me because I <laughs> I wouldn't like that to happen to me. And I think that a lot of people, it's like. You know, you live your life trying your best, trying to do the best that you can, and then you get to the end, and then everyone was like, oh, that person didn't actually exist, and it just made up. And the- But here's the simple reality. I mean, in 200 years from now, mm-hmm. most likely you and I will be, if this world were to continue, yeah. you and I would be forgotten. Yeah, we'd be pretty obscure. We'd be on somebody's, a name on somebody's family tree That's that right. nobody knows anything about. Now, imagine you were a Roman emper- emperor. And everyone oh, thought you didn't exist. Yes. So this is the big news. Yeah. Sponsianus or, Sp- or Sponsian, whichever name you want to use. Uh, the Latin version or the English version, whichever. That's right. So Sponsianus was a Roman Empire yes. emperor that yes. everyone thought to be a hoax, a made-up guy who didn't exist, the stuff of legend. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, the supposed story was that he could have potentially been the emperor of Dacia when it was, right. when it was, you know, kind of extricated and, and, and isolated from the rest of the Roman Empire. But people were like, oh, we can't really prove this person exists. So it must have just been made up. They have found coins, 
Lyle. Yes. With his... They found them a long time ago. They found them a very long time like ago. Like 1700s. And now they've actually verified their legitimacy. Well, they found them in the 1700s like, ah, oh, these, these, these are some pretty good fakes. Yeah, that's right. Who's this guy? But they have gone through and they've verified their legitimacy. They've seen the markings on the coins. They've compared them to other coins of real emperors. All these the things. Dirt samples. They've done everything and they have pretty much confirmed this guy was real. Someone yes. who the majority of historians thought was just a fake, made-up, hoax guy who didn't really exist. Sponsianus, he has been confirmed. He it's was like Belshazzar. The... Reminds me of Belshazzar in the Bible. Yeah, absolutely. For hundreds of years, people, scholars, you know, high critics, like, oh, yeah, Belshazzar never existed. You know, he's been made up. We don't, we, we can't read him in yeah. Herodotus or any of those kind of guys. Yeah. They don't talk about, uh, so therefore he doesn't exist, like as if we'd trust Herodotus. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Anything that he said. Mm-hmm. Um, but... And then they went and dug up Babylon and it's like, well, Belshazzar's name is actually carved all over the place. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oops. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, essentially, this is what's happened with this guy, Sponsianus. So his his existence is confirmed. He, he can be officially put in the list of Roman empires or at least obscure ones because, like, again... Well, not was- only was he elected to be an emperor, but he reigned long enough so that he had his own coins made and struck. That's right. So you've got to have, you know, a fairly significant reign to be able to do that. It's not like one of these emperors that lasts for 10 days and someone assassinates him. Mm. He was around for a while. Mm. And essentially, like, his story is that he was a military general who, again, when Dacia was isolated from the rest of the empire, steps up into the into emperorship and did his thing for a while to the point where they struck coins of him and, and now he, to he do. is being confirmed. All right. Other good news this morning, Lyle. Uh, so... We, we have many amazing birds in Australia and we have some people come in and talk about them, particularly when we get Blair to come in and, and host the show with us. He talks about how much he loves birds and loves looking at birds. Uh, but there is one bird that pretty much, uh, yeah, heaps up for itself uh, global disdain or at least Australia-wide disdain, and that is the ibis uh, because it... Lives in bins, that's right, the bin chicken. But the ibis has recently been researched and spotted doing something that is so profound. So the ibis, right? The ibis has become a natural predator, get this, of cane toads. No. Yes. Yes. No. This is so significant. So cane toads, they're a massive pest. How do they, but they're poisonous. They're toxic. That's right. And there's no natural predators for them. And so they spread everywhere. And they're this huge epidemic, ecological epidemic. The ibis has become a natural predator for the cane toad. You know how they do it? No. They go up with its beak. They, get, they pick up the cane toad and start chucking it around. And so then when the cane toad starts to be chucked around, it starts secreting poison, right? Yes. Because that's, a, that's its defense mechanism. Then it picks the cane toad up after chucking it around a bunch, wipes it on the grass, goes to a water source, dips it in the water and washes it, and then eats it. No way. The bin chicken. You got the it. Bin chicken the bin chicken is actually a genius. He's actually the smartest bird and will solve the cane toad problem. I don't know about solving it. But... but- It'll try. It's a positive thing. It's a, the, uh, <laughs> an animal Go with no natural chicken. predators, an invasive flag. species. We need to put on a flag. Has solved. Queensland should put on their flag. Absolutely. 
You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Love, peace and mercy. It's The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. You're with the Double L team. We are back together again. Mm -hmm. I have missed you all. Good to be back with you all. Mm -hmm. But before we get into more serious news, another question for our quiz. As evidence of taking a vow, what did Paul do in Centuria? Century, C E N C H R E A. As evidence of taking a vow, what did Paul do in Centuria? 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer. Of course, our prize for this week, as introduced before, Miracles and Pitfalls, a Bible board game adventure. Learn to negotiate mighty mighty miracles sorry, and perilous pitfalls while plundering the treasure trove of Scripture and learning God's Word. Families will have lots of fun with this my, these mind-teasing questions and the miracles and pitfall cards change the pace of the game when you least expect. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. As evidence of taking a vow, what did Paul do in Centria? Centria. And of course, you know the deal. If you win this particular prize, then we're going to be expecting an invitation to games night at your place. Yeah, dude, we've got so many places to go to eat food, play games, go running, all kinds of things. We're we're kind of set for anywhere we go in Australia. That's right. We've got a hook hook up with activities. Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's let's talk about uh, let's talk about dating. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So this is actually not going to affect you, Lawson. But uh, this is research coming out of (laughs) Time Magazine. Well, you you will get this when 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 I you, you will understand what I'm saying when okay, I fair when we go through this uh, piece of research. So, Time Magazine is lamenting how dating has changed so dramatically since the uh, rollback of Roe versus Wade. Mm-hmm. In other words, the legalization of the illegalization of abortion, mm. and they are looking at some of the research that has come out from dating apps and places like this, where you can actually see dating trends and seen some really, really big changes mm. in the way that people in the United States are approaching the whole dating scene. And they're like, "This is terrible! Look what's happening here." Mm. Okay, so the first thing they noticed is that there is a lot more need. People have found a much greater need to post their political views on dating apps. Mm-hmm. In other words, you know, it's uh, you, you put your profile up there and you put, you know, I'm left wing, I'm right wing, I'm you know Republican, Democrat, whatever, because this is America. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was something that didn't really used to take place in the past, but now mm-hmm. people find it necessary to do so. And so I would say congratulations. They have discovered uh, the biblical principle of don't be unequally yoked. Mm-hmm. Um, Christians have known this for how many years? Yeah. Like 6,000 years? But it also indicates like, okay, because to be honest, when we're talking about dating apps here, depending on what the app is, particularly if you're using like a Tinder or something, this is just like mostly for hookups. And now they're finding the need to go, oh, before I engage okay, in that kind now of thing. You're, now, you're, now you're seeing where this is going to head. Uh-huh. Yes. Before I engage in this kind of thing, like, where do I stand on, uh-huh. on these particular because issues? Because if we get pregnant, is this person going to be an obstacle to me having or them having an abortion? Mm. Oof. Yeah, pretty heavy stuff. Uh-huh. Okay, so this all comes out of the March 2022 singles report. Uh, two-thirds of women will not date someone with opposing views on abortion. Very, very wise news. 
if I was suddenly single, uh, I would never date someone with opposing views on abortion. Mm. Okay, so this is where it gets even more interesting. 13% of Americans are less casual about dating. Uh, 20% are more hesitant to have sex. Vasectomies are on a dramatic increase amongst men who don't want children. And uh, the top uh, three uh, things that ha- that have been lamented is that there is more condom use, there is more hesitation about having sex, and there is more fear of pregnancy. And so it seems that secular They're people being... are starting to really freak out about having casual sex because if they produce a baby, they can't abort the baby anymore. And this is being lamented over. Yeah, yeah, the Time magazine's like, oh, this is terrible. Look what, <laughs> look what this has done to the fabric of society in the United States. You know, people in the United States have discovered this thing called responsibility. <laughs> and, and, and then there will be this onset effect of less STIs and, and, you know, the health of our nation will increase and we'll spend less money on healthcare products. That's insane. I'm, I'm serious. You should read this article. It will, it will, it sort of bends your mind the whole way you're reading through. It's like they've discovered responsibility. They are freaking out. They have to suddenly take responsibility for that. They've never had to do this before, and they don't know how to deal with it. That's so crazy. Yes. And, and the other thing that, that's crazy about it is it really exposes the lie of pro-abortionists who talk about abortion being safe, legal, and rare. Mm. Because the rare thing has never existed. You know, this was this was Barack Obama's favourite line, safe, legal and rare, when a quarter of all babies are being aborted and within some uh, demographics in the United States, half of all babies are being aborted. Mm. That's not rare. That's using abortion as contraception. contraception and yep. that's not what it's there for. Mm. And I just want to remind everybody, you know, uh, give Lifeline a quick call or something or other. This is a heavy subject. If these are th- everybody has a past, everybody has you know done things, and if this is triggering, then you know find somebody to talk to. But it's something that we need to talk about here uh, because it is important. Uh, the other thing here, of course, is that um, you know it really does show that this has been just used as another po- form of contraception for casual sex. Mm. You've got you've got this way of dealing with it. You've got that way of dealing with it. You know, if you want to have some casual sex and it's like, oops, I don't have a condom at the moment, well, I'll just go ahead anyway mm. because I can deal with it later. And that's so much of what is taking place. Mm. Um, 31% of people dating in the United States say that being apolitical, having no political stance, is a reason to end a relationship. And interestingly, that's doubled in the last five years, Mm. from 15% to 31% in five years. And that does show just a massive polarisation taking place politically around our world. And when you get those kind of polarisations, what you find is that they do tend to lead towards crisis. Mm. Historically, we have always seen this kind of polarisation lead towards crisis. Crisis, and particularly the other factor in the United States being like the rise of inflation. Like this is just flashbacks to, I don't know, Zimbabwe, Venezuela, like every all yeah, of these countries yeah. that have have civil wars. It's like political polarization plus inflation equals civil, civil war. So, oof. interesting. Watch this space. Okay, so uh, pro life groups are suing the Biden 
FDA over the abortion pill RU486. Mm. Now, this particular um, pill is basically it's two pills that you can take to have an abortion uh, without any kind of surgery. It's very, very dangerous. Um, It's incredibly hard on the mother, um, not to say what it does to the child. But you take these two pills. One of them is uh, my my pristone, which mm. blocks the hormone progesterone, causing the lining of the uterus to break down in order to kill the unborn baby. The second drug, misoprostol, uh, sparks contractions and then delivers the dead baby. The problem is that the only way that the FDA can actually approve that is that it necessitates the FDA calling pregnancy an illness and then arguing that these drugs, which are incredibly dangerous, have a meaningful therapeutic benefit over the existing surgical procedure. Mm. The only benefit that they have is that they can be used illegally and you can create a black market for them in states where abortions are less accessible. And Mm. this is why Biden has uh, legalized them, is so that people can use them illegally. Mm. There's the only reason that you would do so when you've got a much better option, a much safer option, an option that has much less side effects, that damages the mother a lot less, uh, then why would you actually legalise these pills where you can put two pills in a pocket and take them wherever you want? Mm. That's the reason why it is an endeavour to create a black market. And numerous studies have demonstrated that there is an an increased risk from chemical abortion drugs to pregnant women and girls. So, yes, some pretty heavy things happening around the world right now. Uh, We need to notice that all of these point to the fact that Jesus is coming back soon. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. You're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning, and we have another question for the quiz, and it's simply this. How was a span measured? According to the Bible, there's a length, a, a length of a unit of measurement. It's called a span. How is that measured? 0491-064-669. How was a span mes- measured? That is our question for the quiz. And joining us in the studio this morning to talk about a special Christmas project is Liz from the Central Coast. Liz, welcome to the show. Thank you, Lyle. Now, tell us about the project that you've got going, your special Christmas project. Okay, so we've been going for about seven years now and we work in one particular village in rural Cambodia. So what we did initially was find the poorest village around and then go into that village and begin to work. How did you go about finding the poorest village? Did you just head over there and do a bit of a tour around? Did you ask other people? Did you interview people and say, look, where's a place that really needs some help? The founders of Restore One were actually doing another project in Cambodia. And when that project came to an end, they weren't finished. They just really enjoyed working with the people of Cambodia. And so they looked for another place where they could start and that's how Restore One came about. The decision was made to work in one village yes. and their motto became one, one child, one family, one village at a time. Okay, so they did this uh, obviously some time ago and you became involved with Restore One and as you become involved with Restore One you decide to do something special for Christmas, is that right? Is that how it happened? Almost but not quite. We were over there and it was school holidays 
because we'd established a school by that time, we went to the village and we discovered there was hardly any kids. And we said, where's all the kids? Because normally the kids would be swarming and running around and coming to see what was happening. And there was just hardly any kids. And what had happened was the traffickers come through the village. No way. Yeah. And the kids get into these minivans like our kids go off to summer camp. Oh, you're kidding me. That is horrific. And there weren't that many kids. so we had I was not expecting you to say that. That is, you, that's just blowing my mind right now. So these kids have been sold off into slavery, no, so to speak. No, what will happen will be traffickers will come through and they will say to the parents, your child can come and work in my restaurant. I have a, a friend who has a restaurant and, and, you know, they can come and be a waiter and they'll offer the parents huge amounts of money. So you're talking about parents who are earning 2 $3 a day. Sure. So if they're saying that their kids can earn maybe $100 then the parents are thinking, you know, that's a huge amount of money. That's a yes. huge difference, $3 to $100. That's huge. And the kids are happy to do it because they know that, that they're destitute. So the kids would be going with the clothes that they're wearing and all excited because they're going on this big adventure to the city. So the village that we work in is probably about four hours away from the capital and they're taken in minivans there. Okay, so when they're taken to the city in the minivan... To work in the restaurant for $100 a day? Not $100 a day. $100 a week? Probably a month. Okay. They never get that. So what are they initially promised? They're promised probably $100. Sometimes they're promised $1,000 and a child will never get that. Yeah. And when they reach the city, are they working in restaurants as promised? Some might and some won't, but it's not safe for children on their own, unchaperoned children. There's a lot of people that are ready and to just take those children and exploit them. And do these children ever get to come back to their village? Some do and some never do. The thing that's going through my mind is that this is just, you know, a prime opportunity for sexual exploitation. And we know that, you know, Southeast Asia, what is it, 10% of the GDP of some of these countries is in sex tourism. Yeah, and this is part of the horrific story of this part of the world, a lot of that is in child sex tourism because pedophiles will go there because they can access in a foreign country what is very hard to access in Australia. Yeah. So when you're telling me this story, that's what's going through my head right now is that a lot of these kids are going to end up really, really terribly abused and traumatised and their lives destroyed. Yeah, and a lot of them keep it to themselves. They'll be a lot of them will be separated when they get there, and so they'll um, they don't understand that what's happened to them has happened to their friend and another friend and another friend and most of them. So a lot of times they just keep it to themselves. They're children, like like we have children. Yeah, absolutely. Really I mean, understand. you get a child that's abused here in Australia, and, yeah. and and they're probably not going to say anything about it for twenty five years or more. You know, that's the kind of the average time span that it takes for a child that suffers, you know, child sex abuse to actually come forward and to be able to talk about what happened to them. Yeah, that's right. And so it's not going to be any different over there. Yeah, exactly. So even the kids that come back, they're going to stay silent about what happened to them and the next lot of kids are going to head off and the same thing's going to happen. Yes, and they don't talk about them. Don't They don't talk about it. So... Um, so what we decided was to give them an alternative. 
So we said, okay, we will offer work for the girls. And it was an option. We talked to the parents about what was happening. We had a, a policeman come to say, this is what might happen to your child if they're there. And the chief, the, the village chief's daughter, was, had gone to the city. And um, so he rang her and she said uh, she just cried to come home. But she wouldn't talk about it. And she, was, she was, you know, don't tell anybody. She wouldn't talk, but she cried to come home. So he got her home. Um, and some of the kids came back that year. So the following year, we offered this Christmas decoration project and I went over to run it. We made these little little hearts out of felt and buttons. And, you know, the kids are like 11, 12, or 9, 10, 11, 12. They're not perfect. The decorations weren't perfect, you know. I'd look at them and think, oh, my goodness, am I going to sell that? (laughs) (laughs) You know, but you're buying it for the the reason that um, you're trying to help a child. Absolutely. So at the end of each week, we'd pay the girls um, and then um, we brought all the Christmas decorations back to Australia to sell them. And um, the money that we raise from selling them in Australia actually pays their teachers' wages. That's sensational. So you've got a situation here where you can market these in Australia and say, look, you are saving a child from, you know, child exploitation. You are saying it, saving a child from child sex slavery by purchasing these products right here. That's got to be a good selling point. We do, but we try not to focus on the negative and we actually, we like to protect the identity of the yes, girls. Yes, of course. Um, because you don't want to single them out and say, you know, you, this child has been exploited. Yes. So we do try to protect the identity. We do know that happens. I can't tell you it happened to this girl or happened to that girl when I... Because it's not spoken about. But the reality is we know what goes on in Australia where you have so many protections for children and in a country like this where you've got no protections and there's no chaperones and they're in a big city... And we know what part of the world it is. We know what goes on in that part of the world. It's not hard to put two and two together here. That's right. One of the girls went the first year that I did it. She worked with me for a couple of days and then the buses came through and she went off to the city. And the following year, she worked with me again and her English was quite good. Some of them have no English, but this little girl's English was quite good. And she said, do you remember me? And I was like, um, yeah, I think so. And then... She said, I came last year and I kept looking at her and that, and then she said, two days. I said, oh, okay. And I thought, all right, that's why I don't remember her. And then I said, oh, what did you do? And she said, I, I went, to, um, went to the city, I work with my sister and my cousin. I work in a factory. I said, what did you do? From seven in the morning till seven at night, she sat on the floor and put toys into plastic bags and she was paid... $100 for a month. And out of that $100, she had to buy her, pay for her accommodation and buy food. And I said to her, did they treat you well? And she just looked at me, didn't say anything. And I thought maybe she didn't understand. So I said, did they treat you well? And then she looked at me and she just had a look in her eyes that she knew what I was asking. Mm. Anyway, she didn't say any more, I didn't say any more. On the last day when we left, she, we were saying goodbye to the girls and everything and um, um, the, the project manager 
Sukun asked me to say something to the girls and I just said, you know, I'm so glad that you're here and you're, you know, doing this because we want you to be safe, we want you to, to learn, to be in school so that you can, you can decide what you want to do with your life. Um, we don't want you to go to the city because you, you, can be, you might be exploited. And this little girl just ran up to me, threw her arms around me, hugged me, and that, and cried and cried and cried and said, thank you so much, thank you so much, I am safe with you, and then ran. Mm. That's got to be heartbreaking to have a story like that. I mean, to have an experience like that. That little girl was working with her sister and her cousin. And her sister and her cousin, have they come back from I the city? Don't know. We I don't know. know. We don't know. Those, I, don't know. Yeah. I don't know those details. But I know from, from what she said, I know that she probably wasn't. She had a job in a factory. That was a factory job. Yep. You know, you wonder how much of that we purchase such, you know, so many cheap products over here in Australia and you wonder how much of it has gone through a sweatshop in a, in a, in a place like this and how much of it is involved in child labour and you just don't know. How would you even know what's going on? We talk about slavery and we talk about the history of slavery and then we talk about the fact that there is more slavery in our world right now than there's ever been before. You're right there experiencing experiencing it firsthand. Tell me, you mentioned that from just from the sale of Christmas decorations. Yes. You're funding a teacher. Is that how, how long do you fund that teacher for in that in that village? Well, the Christmas decoration project will probably pay for around about two months. See, we have a high school now. We have round about. Oh, about 250 to 300 kids in the high school. We started with a primary school but I th- and we do support some of the teachers in the primary school and I think the government pays some, the Cambodian government pays some of the, the teachers in the primary school. We also have a preschool there because when we started the primary school, all the kids had to bring their little brothers and sisters because, you know, a six-year-old's job could be to look after their one or sure. two or three-year-old brother or sister. So we've got preschool, primary school, and now we've got high school. And do you know what's really exciting? Two years ago, some of the girls completed year 12, and some of them are now at university. And oh, wow. Just, That's very exciting. Yeah. So the two years ago when I was there, and because I couldn't go for, during COVID the last two years, but the last time I was there, the girl, the, some of the girls were in year 12. So how many times have you been to Cambodia? Seven. Seven? <laughs> I can see you're a bit of a regular over there. Yeah. So you've started off in like the poorest village you could find. You've got this school going. You are funding teachers in this school. Now, the education that you're providing to these young people must be, in my mind, that seems to be a tremendous barrier to them being enslaved. Yes. It gives them opportunity not to be enslaved and to become something else. I mean, you've got kids now that are going to university. That's That's, right. that's, that's pretty sensational. Um, and so... It also gives you then the opportunity to be able to explain to students, don't get in the minivans. This is what will happen to you. Does does this, you know, I mean, is this the kind of instruction that you're able to give in the schools? Um, They do that all the time, and the teachers and um, Restore One staff over there will talk about it. But the problem is, parents get into, they might get into debt. If you're earning $2 a day and all of a sudden you have a huge debt, a child gets sick and needs medical care, you can't, you can't afford it. So the money lenders are happy to lend you money if they see you've got a child. Because they can enslave the child. Yeah. Oh, there are so many sad things that take place in our world. Liz, I'm so thankful that you are somebody who is actually doing something about this. So we're coming up to Christmas time real soon now. 
And if somebody wants to purchase some of your Christmas decorations, and as you said, these are made by, you know, nine and ten-year-old kids. They're going to be that style of Christmas decoration. Well, they started at that, but now we're six years down the track. So some, a lot of the girls are like 15 and 16 now. Some of them, we've still got some young ones starting. Each year, some young ones will start and some of the older ones are finished. We're a lot more professional than we were the first year. Okay. The first year we made, we've made hearts, we've made stars, we've made little gingerbread houses. Last year we made Christmas stockings and this year uh, it'll be something else. It'll be a little surprise. Okay, a little bit so, of a surprise. Yes. That's fantastic. If you're listening to this and say, yeah, I want to help out this project in uh, Cambodia with Restore One and you know, provide some income and some protection for these girls and you know, kids that are being exploited like this, how do they get in contact? How do they purchase some Christmas? I mean, Christmas is just around the corner, so time to get your Christmas decorations sorted. And, you know, isn't this so much better to get your Christmas decorations this way than going to the local Christmas shop, which is just sitting there making huge amounts of money on the season? I mean, this is an opportunity to do something good, and, and, and shouldn't that be what Christmas is all about? So how do they get in contact with you, and how do they actually purchase some of these items? Probably the easiest way is to go through the Restore One website, and we have a shop on there and the Christmas decorations will be on there along with a whole load of other products and things that you might like to buy for Christmas for your loved ones. You can buy more than just Christmas decos. You can actually buy some Christmas presents and so forth there? You can, yes, yes. They're, avail- they're generally available by, by, on Facebook and things like that. But um, if you haven't heard of Restore One before, don't know somebody that's selling them, then the best way would be from the website. That's Restore One? RestoreOne.org. Restore1.org.au. Is that the number one or the word one? It's R-E-S-T-O-R-E-O-N-E dot O-R-G dot A-U. That's it right there. So Restore One uh, with the word one, not the uh, not the number one. So Restore One dot org dot au that's the place to go head over there and grab yourself some stock up on on your christmas presents and your christmas decorations in a way that is going to bring some positivity to our world liz thank you so much for joining us and sharing this story with us a heavy story indeed but one that certainly is going to you know provide some 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 relief to people who need it right now thank you so much for joining us Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.